Now we're rolling. You got to push record. That's that's the key. Hi, this is Sam West of Stavesacre, and this is my chapter of As the Story Grows. Perfect. Nailed it on the first time. Woo! What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. chapter of as the story grows my name is trav happy easter it is easter today i just got done um putting obscene amounts of candy in three baskets for three ungrateful little brat children of mine no i'm just kidding they're great kids but what what is with chocolate is this really is this really a thing as a parent like was it this annoying for our parents? I don't know. I just feel like so much crap has to come in this house just because the calendar says it's a holiday. I don't know. Whatever. I guess we can go off on a horrible tangent there and no one wants to hear it. Today's guest is Sam West. Look, if you've been listening to me, you know that I play the drums. And you know that I love Scattered Few. They're one of my favorite bands ever. And uh, Sam West was the drummer on the two albums that home the most with me uh been listening to sam for a long time i've been listening to sam since i was about 13 or 14 he's been a huge inspiration on the drums for me i got a chance to talk to him on my podcast how cool is that i hope you all enjoy the conversation as much as i did we get a little drum techie a little drum nerd towards the end of it i don't care i'm <laughs> sorry if that's something people don't want to listen to but i had to man i got sam west on the phone i had to ask him some questions you know but it was, a, it was a lot of fun talking to him. He's going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Stavesacre album that they're currently doing a Kickstarter campaign for. And I have the link in show notes if you want to go grab a copy. I did. I'm super stoked to get it on vinyl. be my first Stavesacre record. But, man, Stavesacre's been around for 20 years. Didn't realize that till I was talking to him. I'm 40. I've been listening to Stavesacre for half my life. 
Really? Is that a thing? Yes, that's a thing. Stay Zigger's been around half the time that I've been around. That's... Okay, moving on. Ugh. Played drums for Scattered Few. He was, in, he was on a Violent Burning record. I didn't even know that until I was talking to him. Played for Savior Machine on their first record. Filled in for the Supertones, Audio Adrenaline, Plank Eye. This guy has a resume. Like, it's unbelievable. So, I was super excited to talk to him. I hope you all enjoy his chapter. Last weekend, Seth Workheiser of The Skull Toaster and Jeremiah Nelson of The Metal Bandcamp Gift Club and I went to Pittsburgh to hang out with Zayo. Part of the trip while we were out there, Seth has a really good friend. We're all friends with him, but Seth and him really know each other well. His name is Jay Denito. We stayed at his house. While I was there, I was able to capture the cutest little kid saying the name of my podcast. And I'm going to have that at the end. Make sure you guys stick around and listen to that because that recording is so cute. I think he may have... His name is Nick. Uh, Jay's son, is uh, his name is Nick. I think Nick may have worked his way onto my podcast for a permanent basis. I love it. Stick around to the end and listen to Nick Denito's podcast debut. Super stoked to present that to, to the world. This kid's going to be a star. And I found him. New Kensington, Pennsylvania, up there in the mountains. I discovered him. You're going to hear him at the end of the show. Next week, a little teasner. A teasner? What's a teasner? What the hell? Start over. Next week, a little teaser. I'm going to... I already, I already talked to uh, Shane Ajner, a face-down recording artist, everything in slow motion. He and I got to sit down and talk. What a rad dude. He's such a nice guy. I'm excited to uh, talk about his new upcoming face-down album coming out on April 22nd. So that'll be next week. If y'all are into that landscape meets metal post whatever, just listen to the show. And then we got to do a little bit of the housekeeping thing here. Y'all know by now that I have a Patreon account. If you want to go check it out, I am posting things on Patreon that go out only to patrons. It is a little bit kind of a off the rails just for you guys, kind of a special email, special posts and stuff. So if you guys wanted to hop over there and check it out, there's a Patreon link at the bottom of the show notes. Y'all know how that works. Let's get on with the show. Happy Easter. Let's go talk to Sam. Okay, brother. And now I'm going to hit record on the broadcast. 
I hope this isn't a no drinking show. <gasps> but, but, dude, if you knew what was in my iced tea, you're okay. Don't worry about it. This is really good. <laughs> we could we could do uh, we could do uh, we should do a beer podcast. I would be all over that. They're they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's because people love beer. <clears throat> I'd rather do a music podcast <laughs> with permission to drink while you're on it. You have permission. Absolutely. Right on. I would ins- I insist. <laughs> you said you're not hip to podcasting, but you already taught me a trick with the three clap thing. Well, I'm a I'm a video editor, so I'm a little like as far as syncing things, I could I mean, you could what you could do if you really want to get hip to the game is get uh, that program pluralize and you wouldn't have to sync this stuff at all. You just drop it, drop them together. Pluralize looks at the waveforms and just matches them up and syncs it for you. No kidding. No kidding. I never heard of that. It's called pluralize. Pluralize. Like more than one eyes. Hmm. <clears throat> All right then. So before so we there get you go, Here thank you. Is that free <laughs> software? <laughs> Does it fit in my budget? Uh, you could probably get a a thirty day trial. Right. I don't think it's that expensive. It's it's cool. It's mostly for like uh, <clears throat> if you shoot shoot uh, video with a, a outboard audio, like a five D or a seven D camera. You know they don't have really good internal audio. Yeah. Uh, It'll sync it right up if you record like on a Zoom or something like that. Okay. Anyway. No, no I just have my It'll little $20. Your audio. My little $20 Staples camera hanging on my laptop. It's what I use. Oh, all right then. And I am so blessed to be joined by Sam West. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. That sounded really cheesy now that I said it out loud. But uh, Sam West of Staves Acre and scattered few and some savior machine and bad opera productions and did i miss anything probably missed a ton of stuff the violet burning for a little while i didn't even know you played with the violet burning really yeah i I played drums on the uh this is the moment record i think it came out like 2003 and i did some touring with them I knew, I knew you were going to throw some stuff out there that I didn't know you were on. I had no idea Violet Burning was on that list. I'm already. Martin yeah, Martin's that's a good. That's actually a good Violet Burning record too. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't part of the band for very long, but I, th- I think this, that Michael wrote a bunch of good songs there. Right. I right. It was right. A cool record. Man, how are you doing? How is uh, How's California right now? It's beautiful. You survived, you survived uh, the time change. <laughs> I did. I, I'm the guy that that sets all the clocks ahead the night before okay so i was you know like by the time i go to bed and my head's already wrapped around the time change people <laughs> probably don't don't agree with that that way of doing things my wife doesn't for sure i uh <clears throat> no i let it i i deal with it the next morning yeah <clears throat> yeah she would she, her clock would be wrong six months out of the year in her car if she didn't marry me you just remember, just yeah, just just remember. It's it's an hour off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She's, <laughs> that's fine with her. Which <laughs> I'm, I know it's fine with a lot of people. It it makes me uh, makes me itchy when I see clocks that aren't aren't right. That's <laughs> funny how married couples work out because I'm cut from, yeah. I'm cut from the cloth that your wife is. Where it's like, eh, I'll just remember. I, I don't feel like messing with all the buttons. Mm-hmm. And my wife is the one. It's gonna be right in six months anyway. Right, exactly. It's right half the year. And my wife is the yep. one who's like. The microwave's already fixed ahead of time, and yeah. Yeah, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, for sure. Thanks for coming on, man. This is this is. I think this is pretty good timing getting you on the show now because um, let's get something done right up front here. It would appear Stavesacre is uh, pulling a new record. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? We started. We were kind of hinting at it for the last almost two years. We started uh, writing songs about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've just slowly been chipping away, chipping away, and, you know, we're all kind of all over the country, so it's, you know, a lot of sharing files back and forth, right? sending notes to each other, that kind of thing. Um, but then we, you know, last summer we started getting serious. We, we decided on a producer and, uh, we kind of dem early demoed all of the, the songs that we had. And then in, in the last, I'd say, four months, five months, we've been uh, kind of demoing them properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're, ready to, we're ready to do the full length now. We're kind of at that place where it's like time to, time to record it. So, right. <clears throat> so we're, we're raising funds like every other band does in this situation these days. <laughs> like, you know? Yes, you are. Does anyone care still? <laughs> yeah, if yeah, they don't, then so. we won't do it. But if they do, then we, you know, you know. How's it going so yeah, far? It's cool. It's been really cool, man. Yeah, we, we've got some really great fans that have stuck with us, even when they thought we weren't around anymore. Turns right. out, so it's been going great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's looking, it's looking very positive. It looks like you guys are getting some getting some attention from it. And uh, Mark was actually on the show. Man, a long time ago, last February, I think, and he kind of he was kind of uh-huh. insinuating like, yeah, there could be some new Staves Acre, and I think I think he knew what was going on, but he was really like driving with his foot on the pedal at that point. He was like, I don't yeah, know talk about we it. We didn't really want to announce it, announce it, right? Until we knew for sure that was going to happen. You know, it's like it's nothing worse than you know that announcement. Like we we had a a show that we were trying to raise funds for we were going to be a part of with a bunch of other bands that didn't fund and uh so you know we just decided we're gonna wait and make sure that everything's that all of our plans are made and our you know and we feel good about it before we let let anybody else know that for sure we want to record a record right but now we yeah we're there now i think i have this conversation with a lot of musicians it's uh the whole live in the room vibe is is important when it can be done. It really is, yeah. But if it weren't for technology and being able to file swap and take notes and push things around, Stavesacre wouldn't be making a new album because you're on the West Coast. I know Mark's in Florida. I don't know where the other guys are. But point is, you're not all in the same room. So, I mean, it, right. it's kind of a push and a pull. And like as somebody who's been in so many bands and played drums in so many different styles, what... What do you, what do you prefer? What do you like? Is it different with every musician, every band, every style? I think my favorite thing is just uh, creating with people that I enjoy creating with. You know, doesn't matter if like he's, every band's doesn't matter if he's three no, hours not, behind. No, it doesn't. No, okay. and the way we've been doing it with Staves Acre definitely uh, isn't everybody's favorite way. You know, you know, the band in the room. Sure. Vibing, talking, getting the instant feedback—that's always the ideal. But 
But, you know, we just decided, uh, you know, because we're always in contact. I talk to Dirk and Mark all the time. Mm-hmm. Ryan's here in L.A. Jeff is here in L.A. We all talk a lot. And Where's Dirk? So we're, we're <clears throat> Dirk's in Atlanta. Okay. All right. But uh, we all have Pro Tools, you know. We're all at least capable of plugging in and getting a signal and laying something down for us, you know, just for demo purposes. And so that's what we've been doing, you know. Yeah. Seems to be coming along well. Yeah, it's going great. And, and now that we've actually started demoing things, it's really, start, you know, like with a the guy that's going to produce the record, it's it's turning out super cool. We're getting excited. You know, we're, you know, really honing in how we want the songs to sound. And... It's been really, really cool. Can we know? Can we know who the producer is? Is that public yet? It's uh, Paul Figueroa, and uh, you may know oh. him from Scattered Few. He did the second Scattered Few record. He uh, won awards he for also, Alice in Chains albums and stuff too, right? Well, he was nominated for that. He didn't win a Grammy, but he okay. was nominated for a Grammy for that rec- that uh, last Alice in Chains record. He still works with them. All he's still working with them right now. Actually, they're they're a little crossover between us and them right on. in terms of his time, but. Uh, he's great, man. He he, uh, yeah. he worked at Sound City forever. Did a bunch of big records. He was in Amen. I don't know if you heard of that band, mm-hmm. but he gets our sensibility. Uh, he's also in Bluebird. I never heard he's of Bluebird. He's a great musician. Great musician. Great great guitar player. Excellent producer. We're really stoked to be working right with on. him. And he's our friend. You know, like we, we sure. He's someone I've worked with for a long time. Have you um? Have you worked with Paul since Scattered Few? Uh, there was a hot minute that I uh, I auditioned for Amen. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't really my thing. So I, I didn't really pursue it very hard. So you were in the room with him that day. <laughs> but that was about it. Yeah, and but they ended up getting Shannon Larkin, so they were fine. <laughs> yeah, heard of them. Did all right. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah. yeah. Why wasn't it? That's interesting. I had no idea that even happened. Why wasn't it your thing? You know, at the time I was kind of going through some personal shit. I was getting a divorce. Oh, okay. I had a young kid. There, you know, there was just a. They were getting ready to like hit the road and do be very busy, and I just wasn't. Gotcha. Ready for that, okay. So. It wasn't a style thing. It was. I don't think I. No, I love. They're awesome. Yeah, they're right. Cool gotcha. guys. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Just wasn't. I, I probably could have said that. Said that better. Just wasn't timing wise something <laughs> I wanted to produce or uh, pursue. That's all right. If there's something in here that you feel needs to be ironed out and want to slice it out, not a problem. Oh no, man, you're the editor. I don't care. All right. I'm not. All right. I'm just saying what's on my mind. Good. That's what I want. Yeah, I don't want this. Is this? You can already see I'm kind of popcorn all over the place. We haven't even gotten to the beginning. Yet. Ah, it's all good. But uh. Okay. But let's do it. Um you are right. let's get let's get some uh some regular stuff out of the way. You're a married guy and yep. uh I was dragging around a couple pictures on your Google profile, these friggin' Google Plus profiles. I mean if you look at your computer funny, you've clicked into some window and I don't even know where it took me, but I saw a bunch of pictures of a bunch of blonde kids who looked like you. I see none of your children. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got four kids. Okay, all right. So what? Yeah, what's the family uh, status all about? Uh, there's uh, uh, me and my wife. We're we're a blended family, so we okay. both came to our marriage with two kids okay. each, and uh, I adopted her kids. So we're all we're all the Wests. 
and uh, they're all they're all older. Like my oldest is going to be twenty four in a couple months. Okay. My youngest graduates from high school in May. So okay. everybody's kind of self sufficient at this point. Got it. No little babies running around. Got it. You're out of the. You've you've passed diaper stages. Yeah, but uh, it's cool because they're. All, they're all musicians. My oldest is a professional musician. He's playing on Broadway. He's a horn player. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's amazing. Cameron West, check him out. <laughs> Cameron uh, West. Right, that then, down. Yeah. Uh, then my second is uh, he's going to school up in Northern California. He's a guitar player, bass player. Not going to school for music like like my oldest did, but okay. still quite a quite a player. And then Israel is a drummer, and Kaylee's a show choir kid, so she's a cool singer and dancer, choreographer, whole band, got the whole band. Yeah, yeah, totally. I got to figure out how to make them like what I like, and then we're in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the same problem with my kids. They're mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I loaded my eye. Uh, how old are your kids? I have two 13 year old twins, boy girl. And, oh wow! And an eight and an eight year old boy, and and uh, a couple of years ago, she was like, "Daddy, will you will you sync my iPod?" I'm like, "Sure, no problem." So I I snuck <laughs> I snuck a Clash song in there, and she and she I remember I'll never forget. She came back and she was like, "What is this? I don't like it." And I was like, <gasps> "Get this shit!" And I was like, here, "I was like, Dad. you live in the garage." Don't in- <laughs> no kidding, man. The Clash, especially. What is? She- you're gonna have to have a talk with that kid. I know, I know, I know. I'm failing as a parent. They seem to be good people, but musically, I've, I've well, done something wrong. All right, I'm working on it, dude. Okay, man. I can't solve. I, I, I have faith in you, Travis. <laughs> you have to what? I said I have faith in you. I think you can turn it around. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, "Well, I gotta go." Your daughter doesn't like the clash. Yeah. I... <laughs> Cancel this, uh, this episode. Yeah. What does she listen to? <sighs> Garbage. Friggin' garbage. Gar- yeah. Garbage is a good band. Nope, not that band. No stuff like I. I have to yeah. make sure when she downloads the song, it's the clean version. You know, hip hop. Uh, oh, she like that. She like that ratchet music. <sighs> I don't know. Fetty Wap and whatnot. I don't want to talk about it, Sam. I'm not comfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good. Right. My daughter Fair told enough. me she doesn't like the Clash. We haven't healed yet. You know. But I got you, buddy. I'm trying, dude. I'm trying. My son like. Okay. My son used to like. Just sit there and stare at those police records, and you know just. Hopefully things will get better for you. They, they're they're already sick of the police. That's how much I play them. But they're uh, my <sighs> son used to like his favorite song used to be the Clairvoyant from Iron Maiden, and I was like, I, I, well, okay, I got him, I got him, yeah. And then uh, he my, he loved a Mastodon song, loved a Mastodon song. There you go, man. There you go. And then one day he just started like, I'm gonna go play with my friends and hang out and everything. And he just started he just started like listening to what was on the radio, and I lost them. They're gone. They'll come back. Well, at least you have their pictures. You have memories. <laughs> They'll come back. My my uh Yeah, I never really failed on that. My all my kids like like cool music. My uh my son Connor, when he was six, wanted more than anything, he wanted a uh BC Rich Warlock. Right on. Hell yeah. And it was it was so big, like he could like it's it was taller than him if you stood it up. <laughs> So he's like his arms are out like this to play. Right. <clears throat> and got the on the West Coast, if there's and an earthquake, he could hide underneath it, use it to block, you know, That's protect true. himself. Yeah. It's huge. It's like carrying uh-huh. a it's like carrying a coffee table with strings on it. Yeah. 
That's hilarious. Okay, yeah. so I have a picture of him rocking that thing. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> he was six years old with a with a with a warlock. He must six years old, but yeah. Yeah, or maybe it was a rich bitch. I can't remember. It was one of those like really metal guitars, though. That's rad. It was really metal. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I don't play guitar, but I would probably like more of a classic, like natural wood, Les Paul kind of a look and everything. But you see those crazy metal ones with jagged edges and stuff, and I'm like, man, that's badass. Yeah. That is kind of cool, though, you know? Yeah. All right. So, uh, where did this all get started for you? The, let, let me let me tell you what I know. I didn't even know about the violent burning thing, but let's do a little bit of a timeline. The earliest thing that I'm familiar with you would be scattered few sin disease. Flesh for ears and flesh for eyes, materialize the god in disguise. Like weird and get away in the trance of the familiar suicide That's definitely the first record I ever did. I mean, I played in a lot of shitty bands before that okay. to, to get ready for that situation, but Scatter well, Few was the first album I did. Okay. How old were you, Ballpark, when you, when you played on uh, Sin Disease? 22. Okay. So tell me about the shitty bands before Sin Disease. Oh, just, you know, I, I, I went to high school in Illinois. Oh, okay. And... I started playing drums when I was 10 and kind of, you know, it's one of those things where, you, oh, you got to practice, you got to practice. And when people are telling you, you got to practice when you're a kid, you don't want to practice. It's like, I just wanted to put on Led Zeppelin Presence and learn Achilles Last Stand. I didn't give a shit about, my man. Uh, you know, like playing jazz standards or anything like that. So I kind of, mm -hmm. Rudiment, that's what I did Rudiments and paradiddles. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had done that. Me uh, too. And I did later. I got around to it, but it, you know, it kind of a little ass backward. Um, so that in Illinois is when I really started just playing in bands. We had this uh, band called Shadows Don't Count. I think was the name of the band. That was definitely the name of the band. And we did some demos. We that was early recordings. Okay. Uh, some dude had a had an eight track like recording on half inch. We did a few demos. We played some shows we were like half you know like everyone does like some covers and some originals yeah. and stuff like that yeah. and then i moved to orange county played in a bunch of other crappy bands i played in this band bad opera that's where that bad opera thing came huh. from i totally stole that name from 
a band that I was the second drummer from. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I confess. But I, no one, it was one of those things where, like, when I started getting email addresses and stuff, no one was using it, so it was easy to yeah. co-opt Yoink. it. Oopsie. <laughs> um, and then I just... Uh, oh, here, look at this. Hold on. See if can... Hold on. Dirk! Dirk is calling. You, yeah. you, you want to take Dirk it? Dirk is calling. No, screw that guy. <laughs> Get him uh, on the air. <laughs> I... See if I can. Ah, uh, it's too late. I, I missed it. It's too late. Um. Anyway, uh, fast forward to the scattered few stuff. I play. You know, I just played in a bunch of bands and just constantly trying to get into a more professional situation where I was recording and touring, which is what I wanted to do. Right. And those guys had a an add in the recycler out here. It was a recycler. It's just kind of like the newspaper version of Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Uh. And they had an ad in there, and I responded to it and went and auditioned. And that was that? And that was that. Didn't know those guys before that. They'd already written the record. They had a bunch of songs on four track that they gave me to learn, and I learned them. And like drum machine programming and everything, it was like, it was very basic. Um, <clears throat> so. Well, how did, um, let me, let me, let me backpedal and fanboy for a little bit. What was it like walking in? to a scattered few audition in 19 help me out 80 where are we 89 early 90 probably okay uh well was it like i would i i would I just me- imagine it's kind of otherworldly and like what the hell is going on kind of a thing but then well, again see i, I didn't not. have there was no frame of reference for me at all okay didn't know them had never heard their music it was just an audition so mm-hmm. it wasn't like overly Overly concerned, other than, you know, it's like an audition. Uh, okay. They didn't have a guitar player yet. I was, they were still trying to fill in the guitar player. So it was me and Omar and Alan. And I've told this story before, and I'm going to tell it again. Omar told me that if... He, he told me that I better know how to play when I came in to set up my stuff. Because <laughs> he showed up late and grumpy. And I had met with Alan before to get the, the get the songs, so he hadn't met me yet. Mm-hmm. He just kind of turned up. So wow, he was just getting off work and not in a good mood. You so that was he. It was a little edgy when he walked in, but I settled him down. Good. <laughs> yeah, and it went it went fine. It was like they pretty much hired me on the spot. Really. And then we looked for a guitar player. We found a a guy that worked for a little while, but. Never didn't really have a guitar player until after the record was done. So there was several guitar players on that record. Yeah, I, I, uh, <clears throat> when I spoke to Alan, he he went through and kind of uh, he said one of the things that he doesn't like about that is that it doesn't have a guitar sound because there's so many different guitarists. It could never really the sound. There's at came, least three, maybe four. Yeah, he said the sound came from everything else, and the guitars were kind of like I wish I could pin down a sound, but but I. You know what? I never, yeah. I never noticed that, man. <laughs> Didn't bother me. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and stylistically, that record is kind of all over the place too. So it doesn't really pop out. I don't right. think the, the the difference in guitar players because we just use the right guy for the track, right? Most mostly. So, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't. I think you know, 
if you're if you're as close to it as Alan was, you know, I can I can see where he's coming from, but sure. I don't I don't feel like it's something that anyone would notice either. Just it just stylistically changes across the record anyway. Was there a was there a huge conversation about uh, when joining the band? Was there any anything about religious and spirituality or anything come up, or was it just we need a no. we need a drummer? Nope. Let's go. No, not at all. It was never. There was never a requirement. Okay, all right. There was never like, "What's your testimony?" Or <laughs> well, sometimes like there that. is. They're That's just why looking, I they're just. I know. Yeah. Well, not in that band. Not in any band really that I've ever been in. Okay. I mean, I even sub for the. Here's one. I used, I used to sub for the Supertones quite a bit. They never even. They're like no one ever does that. Right. It's not. As long as you're, it's the people that. You know, if they've got a certain message, then they're in charge of that. Right. You know, I'm just back there holding down the beat. <laughs> I feel you. It's a gig. <laughs> it's a gig. Right. So scattered few sin disease carried into jawbone of an ass. Got to figure out how to get that on vinyl. I have to. I'm I'm going to champion it if I have to. <clears throat> I I think all it requires is like. Uh, a minimum pressing of like 500 units or something like that. So Alan made it sound like uh, you want to press sin disease. All right, I guess. Make it easy on me. And burnt vinyl and uh, burnt toast vinyl did. So uh, when it comes twenty, when it comes time for the twenty yeah, fifth, Scott, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Scott, Scott Hatch. Hatch. Scott Hatch. When it comes yeah. time for the twenty fifth anniversary of uh, Jawbone, <laughs> I'm gonna call him and be like, dude. I don't think <laughs> as many people liked or had that record as did sin disease. Like Jawbone. Never had distribution. Well, the world's full of stupid Although people, it is. Sam. What could I say? Well, I know that. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I think that goes without saying, Trav. I love but that I don't, album. But I don't necessarily... You love that album? Dude, it's... I... Okay, I'll... so what do you... I like it more than Sin as a, as a. Do you really? I do. That's a rare statement. I That's know. That's a bold statement, I know, so. and it's That's not popular statement. because Sin Disease is like <laughs> one of my favorite albums, but there's something about Jawbone of an Ass where... You took those punk sensibilities and you moved into this weird fusion, almost jazz, if I dare. It did go, it did get weird. Well, yeah. Dude, you scratched every inch, man. I'm a metal guy. I grew up on, I grew up on tech metal. I grew up on the police. I grew up on jazz fusion instrumental, Billy Cobham stuff and something. Uh and, And Jawbone of an Ass is one of the few albums that's like, I feel like. If you cloned me and split me in every direction of different music that I liked, I feel like we would all meet at Jawbone. It's one of the few albums that I just feel like everybody should like. Wow, that's not an ass kiss statement, dude. I feel like I feel like Omar's playing on that record is is uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, I I I will say, and that there were some really special bass moments on that record for real. Yeah, and you two were definitely like, Mm -hmm. I think I think. We had more. Well, we'd been playing together for years at that point, so we were definitely we knew each other as musicians right. when we mm-hmm. recorded that. You know. Yep. I Versus think. Sin Disease, where it was just like you know, we hadn't really done a ton of shows before we recorded that record. By the time we recorded Sin, uh, Jawbone, we we played all over the place. Right. 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 Yeah, I feel like um, he uh, did the whole fretless moving around, and you need you need the right drummer to fit that type of style and um fretless is not fretless is not a pop instrument <laughs> fretless is a 
it's difficult to play by design and and you guys you what you know what got me is the uh um oh man i'm flicking out of the name of the song uh when he starts off boom, boom, doo, 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 boom, and you hit that bell right before the yeah. snare that's uh is that sheets no no what about the honeybee? The year of plenty, the sorrows and trees, the What a tribe of gods and humans bred some natives unto see. That's one in like Gyro did a lot of keys on that Gyro from uh, Mortal and Volzandura. Uh-huh. Eric Clayton singing backing vocals on that song. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, he came in and did if all those like uh, tenor voices that you hear on that record are Eric Clayton. I didn't know that. Like the soup, the super low stuff. Yeah. I think the beginning of that because it was like it was a, cu- a couple miles from his house. We could get him in there easy. Yeah. yeah. Where we were recording it. Perfect. But yeah, I know that song. I love that song. I think that when I think about uh, special bass moments, that's one of them. I mean, that song was written around that bass line. Yeah, totally. And and that was, that was if, I think if you took uh, the other instruments and the bass and the drums and just listened to isolated tracks, you wouldn't put those together. There's no way you'd put those together. They don't sound... He's popping, <laughs> he's popping around you and you're filling in in between it and uh, you were doing... Uh, oh, and that bridge part? Yeah, I... That took me a minute to get my head around that. I remember. Yeah. It's like, what are you playing, bro? I don't even understand what you're doing. He's just like, no, just play this. Just do that. And I was like, uh, all right, I'll do right. it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I can and get Jawbone on vinyl if I gotta make one myself. Yeah, that'd be day. cool, man. <clears throat> that'd be cool. But so uh, after Jawbone, where where do we go? Where does the story go after that? Uh, I played for this local band called Monkey Paw that was really good. Okay. And we were trying really hard to get signed to a major label, and we did a lot of showcasing. It just never never got. Never got, you know, like a lot of bands, never got the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the scattered? And, uh, what, how did the scattered few thing come to a close? I, I think for the most part, the band was could, over, kind of, right? Yeah, like we did Jawbone. We went out on tour for like six or eight weeks. 
then that was a time for me at the end of that tour I was going through some pretty serious personal crises mm-hmm. you know I was going through a divorce had a little little boy had to kind of figure stuff out uh, we had a, uh, we got a manager that actually ended up doing great for other bands but we just really couldn't kind of coordinate pers- interpersonally anymore mm-hmm. not that we didn't like each other it was just like everybody had such hugely different goals okay um that it just we just couldn't do it we just couldn't pull it off right uh and then after that happened after that we kind of fizzled like we went and played one more show up in uh as that lineup at Tom Fest, mm-hmm. and then that was kind of it. It's kind that was the last time I played with those guys. But about six months later is when Alan, still Alan, got in touch with me about uh, the Stavesaker gig, because mm-hmm. uh, they he ran into them in Dallas when they were out on the road, and Jeremy was planning to leave the band but he hadn't left yet he was going to finish up the commitments that they'd already Jeremy made. Moffat and then yeah mm-hmm. and uh that that I got that's what happened that's how I got to Stavesaker Alan you know, Alan led Alan you to Stavesaker Alan called me and said hey dude these guys are looking for somebody and I was like cool so I I called them up it's <laughs> cool <laughs> I knew Jeff and Mark I didn't know Dirk uh, and that was another one of those things where I think I went and played, and that was kind of it. They weren't, they didn't keep auditioning people. Right. I don't know that they ever had anybody else. To be honest with hmm. you, I don't think they did. That's cool. I think it was kind of like, oh, Sam's interested, and we'll see how that goes first. And then it just we all vibed really well, so it worked. Already out. got the history. Already know each other a little bit. It's easier. It's easier yeah. than uh, doing the recycler or whatever that magazine was called. The recycler. Yeah, that's it. and you have to audition like fifteen other dopes that are the wrong guys. <laughs> right, 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 and that's not no. fun. So okay, so so wait a minute. At the end of Scattered Few, six months later is when you got the Stavesacre gig because Moffat was leaving the band. Where does Save Your Machine and Violet Burning and uh, there was one other band I thought Monkey Paw. Where does all that come in? Well, uh, that Jawbone of an Ass record took a long time to get put out. Like, we we did the first iteration of that record in, like, 92 for a label that whose name escapes me. And that <coughs> label went tits up. And so we were stuck. Like, we hadn't even really finished recording Basics. Uh, so we tried it again with this other label that Mike Knott had called Blonde Vinyl, mm-hmm. and we were we were humming right along, doing it that time, and lo and behold, homeboy that had the contract from the previous try showed up and uh, basically said he was going to sue Mike if. Uh, we didn't stop recording the record because he still had us under contract, even though he didn't have 
really a comfortable. Uh, it was just like it's kind of spiteful. Th- if I look, think that reminds me of was. REX. That whole mess. REX closed their doors. Yeah, we, they still own the yeah. rights. It's like, dude, <laughs> what do I do now? Yeah, it's like, well, what do you? Yeah, what are right. you going to do? Just like screw people's career because you didn't know how to run your business? Yep, you know, that's not cool. Uh, so that happened, and so in that time, that it was probably a full year before we got around to doing it for the third the third time we recorded that record three yep. times uh, that I did the Savior Machine record Savory Machine? Um, I did the first mm-hmm. one. And actually, that, that came about at a show. We played with them, and their drummer didn't show up. And just so happened that our band was going to take an indefinite hiatus because we just got our, our masters yanked. And and other people had pretty severe personal problems going on, mm-hmm. too. Uh, and I started talking to Eric. and What do you mean their drummer didn't show up? Like Savior Machine. I mean, they did a they did a gig without a drummer because their drummer didn't come. <laughs> like <laughs> we played their Savior Machine. Weren't they big enough at that point? Like who? No, no one knew who. They oh, were they were okay. Point. Okay, nobody all right, did. All right. No, like this is pre first record. Like they had a they had a a pretty lengthy demo that they'd released, but nobody knew who they were yet. It wasn't until that that first record came out in like ninety four. I want to okay. say that anyone. Anyone had heard yeah, them? Yeah, I remember them. And, and like nationally or internationally? I, gra- I graduated in 93, and I remember I remember them hitting the scene. Yeah, that's about when it Right happened. around the end of high school, yeah. Um, and then Monkey Paw was happening at, at the same time, because Saber Machine was just recording. I'd, I'd played probably three gigs with them total okay. in that time period. Uh, so I had time to do both. Gotcha. Okay. And then Stavesacre came then, along, and you hopped on Stavesacre right after Moffat. Yeah. And you haven't left. Have you been doing anything else? I mean, Stavesacre's been around. Has, Stave, has Stavesacre been around 20 years? Yeah. Holy hell. 20 years. Really? Really? Where does it go? <laughs> We're all old, buddy. We're all old. Um, but in that time, I also did, like, you know, when I started with Stavesacre, there was time to do, like, I never quit the band to do other stuff, but I was always trying to just kind of make money, sure. make a living sure. playing. Uh, so that's why I did the Violet Burning. 
you know they didn't have a guy it was there wasn't a ton of conflict there uh and i was subbing for like bands like the supertones and plank guy and uh i think i did an audio adrenaline gig wow a couple things really like my god just whatever I, wherever i could scramble up a gig i was pretty much trying to get yeah it. you hit everybody i had no idea you played with that many people i mean i know there were fill-ins and you weren't on albums and stuff but Man, I had no idea you filled yeah. it with that many people. I had no idea. I had no idea there were that many huge bands out there that needed drummers. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just, it was more like, hey, we could use somebody, or we, you know, you have conversations with people, and then the opportunities come up later. Right. Hmm. How about that? So. How about that? How about that? Hang on, iced tea break. So. Man, we could probably spend, we could do a two-parter on just the Stavesacre stuff, but uh, this is more about Sam West. So why, why don't we, it's the Sam West hour. So when do we... Where is my dancing girls? <laughs> they're, they're actually, they're not in the budget. I will uh, <laughs> do what I can. I was told there was a budget, bro. That's what I was I'm told. not sure who you talked to. You've only been emailing me, and I know I didn't tell you I have a budget. <laughs> got into film editing is that correct correct how'd you find your way into that well uh i knew i could make records you know i knew the technology on that side not like a producer i'm not a producer but i knew you know like understand like i'm running pro tools right now like, you know it's, it's not hard to get the basics of mm -hmm. it and i just Figured I was working this crappy job where I was servicing coffee machines at the film studios, and I'd see these guys in there working. And I said to myself, "That looks very similar to what I've always done in music." And I'm pretty sure I could learn how to do it. And I know for a fact those jokers are making more money than I am <laughs> right now. So I got to figure out what that is and how to do it. And then uh, my wife's best friend introduced me to her husband's brother who is a television editor this guy matt kitchens who is who changed my life forever wow that guy did that's a tall statement sam yeah, that's it it's absolutely true i'll say it forever that guy is, was a just an amazing blessing in my life okay absolutely uh and he just kind of took took the time to show me some some of the basics and you know recommended me for jobs that I had no business doing <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's another guy Brandon Dickerson this director okay uh, who's worked a bunch with Switchfoot and uh, he's done some movies and you know a lot of music videos for Disney I did I worked on a bunch of Disney videos for him Disney videos okay and and then uh I just kept, you know, just kept going, and been doing it ten years. Do you work for a company, or are you like a subcontractor? I currently 
Uh, well, I, I work on shows, but right okay. now, like technically, technically, I work for Warner Brothers, but I work for a show that they produce. What show is that? It's called The Real. It's a daytime talk show. Okay, all right, heard it's, of it. It's uh, yeah, just you know, it's it's very it's geared toward uh, it's a female audience, I would say mostly. It's really right. fun. It's a funny show. Diverse. It's uh, you know, like a five girls from different ethnic backgrounds and different uh, work backgrounds. Okay. Actresses and singers and fashion people and all that stuff. It's a fun, fun little show. I okay. really like working on it. All right. What does a film and, editor... Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I do. What does a film editor do? Well, you got some guy running a camera and recording what's going on. You yep. are... Splicing it, cutting. They do in. that first. They do the, all that. All that stuff gets shot first, mm-hmm. and then I get the. On the show I'm working on now, I get the seven cameras that they shoot it on, and the director's cut, which is called the line cut. Okay. Basically, and uh, we pull the time. You know, it's got to, in order to to be shipped out for broadcast, it's got to hit an exact time. So if it's all, you know, the shows are usually over. So we've got to pull out time, find things to lose, clean up the cuts, fix the graphics, mix the audio, all that stuff. You ever see, so stupid, I can't believe I'm going to bring this up. Have you ever seen that gag that you do on a TV show where the guest is constantly looking at the wrong camera and as the camera cuts over there, they look over here now and then they're, they're trying to chase the right camera? <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything yeah. about film editing, but I always thought to myself, that has to be a complete friggin' nightmare to try to edit and make it look as real as it does for them to be chasing the wrong camera around. But Yeah, but that's that's just... I think that's comedy because uh, the way it really works is there's a red light above the camera and there's, there's a teleprompter underneath the lens that people are looking at. So it's, re- it's really difficult for them to do it that way because they won't know what to say you know they end up stopping down and stuff like that it's not uh, okay all right <laughs> it doesn't it generally doesn't happen that way unless there's a camera out of position <laughs> which i imagine has to happen right mm-hmm. so uh happens? i looked at a few um i looked at a few things on your uh you're not on the internet much you you definitely don't have like a giant wikipedia page with all of your with all your discography and everything but um i found your linkedin page and I saw Queen Latifah show, and um, yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't jot everything down, but I I'm not a huge TV guy, but even I noticed some of the shows because I don't even watch television. I'm definitely not around during the day to watch daytime television. But I was like, oh wow, yeah, Ellen DeGeneres, wow, like, like yeah, this, yeah, pretty hefty resume. Yeah, I've done some stuff. I've been, like I said, very fortunate, and that's uh, all thanks to my buddy Matt. And Matt's just the guy. He Matt was a friend of your wife's brother or something like that. That just decided yeah. I'll take you under my well, wing. Well, no, my my friend, my wife's friend's brother-in-law. My wife's friend's brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing. What, uh, he just took you under his wing and decided, you know, this guy's competent. I'll teach him how to do it. Or, or did you yeah. go to any schooling or classes? Or was it just, just roll up your sleeves and figure it out? No schooling. I just, uh, I got the software and, and 
excuse me, he helped me out. You know, I I would do cuts and he would sort of produce them for me and teach, you know, just taught me what I needed to know. Right. And that's that. And you got into it. Yeah, that's that. Well, thank you, uh, uh, co- uh, wife's half half brothers, yeah. cousins, sisters, roommate. Yeah, for sure, Matt. That's cool, sure. man. Monkey paw. Scatter few. Violet femmes. Yep. No, I'm kidding. Cool. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, right. They got a new record up. They do. Mm-hmm. I heard that. I saw them. Um, I saw They Might Be Giants open up for the Violent Femmes many, many moons ago. That was one of the weirdest shows I've ever been to. Oh, I bet. It was crazy, dude. They have, it was, it was at Kutztown University out here in Pennsylvania, and um, it was indoors, so they could shut all the lights off, and they made the room dark, 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 and uh, They Might Be Giants had a song, and I'm not a huge fan. I don't know song titles. I was just along for the ride, so I was like, yeah, let's go. And um, they they might be giants had giant puppets on. They had to be twenty twenty five foot sticks, right? And the puppets uh-huh. were all painted with fluorescent paint, so you could see the outlines of the puppets. And it's just these little puppets just kind of hanging there. And they were moving the thumb. They were moving the mouth with the thumb piece down here on the end of the stick. So they were twenty five feet in the air, in the dark, glowing, singing. And then they would take the poles and lean out over the crowd. Right. So this puppet just started moving towards you as it's as it's singing, and it was kind of like, "Oh, oh shit, that's cool. total trip, man." <laughs> that's super yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. And then the, and then the Femmes came out and killed it. Absolutely killed it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Good show. Oh my God, I forgot about that show. I haven't thought about it till now. Huh. Anyway, that was a weird little tangent. Doesn't have to stay in, but ah. <laughs> so. Uh, I borrowed your drum set. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Chris Chris White's uh, in in your neck of the woods. I Chris guess. White lives. I could I could spit on his house from here. And um, yeah, he uh, uh, kind of mutually introduced to me uh, via the interwebs through uh, Bill Power. And he said, uh, "You should hang with this guy. He's funny." And I'm, okay, so we went out and got a beer, a couple actually. And um, uh-huh. good. Just got good. to talking to him and. I kind of I kind of quizzed him a little bit where I was like, dude, you did the Japuza thing. Like that's such a crazy. I have no idea. I don't understand except what people have told me, and it's just like, Japuza just looks so weird to outsiders. Explain it to me. And he kind of walked me through it, told me about it, and everything. And I for two hours I just kind of sipped my beer and listening to like, wow, what a cool story, you know. And like as the evening is wrapping up, he's like, um. <laughs> did you know that I have Sam West drum set? And I was like, huh? Like, are you holding it for him? And he told me the whole story about how you sold it and his wife bought it for him and everything. And this is like 10 something a night on a school night. Yeah, she got it for him for Christmas. Yeah, yeah you posted it online and she bought it. And uh, and he says, you want to see it? And I was like, nah, not tonight. I got to go home and go to bed. But I borrowed it. And I used it for my band's EP just because nice. that's cool. I just want to say that I did that, you know? I'm glad it's getting yeah, work. Well, it's at Chris's house right now, but uh, yeah, I recorded with it. Yeah, but uh, what a small world, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You use that kit on Speakeasy, uh, and what else? Uh, I used it on that Violet Burning record. No way. I also used it on the Bull Takes Fighter EP. Right I also used it on the self-titled record. Uh huh. 
that's the one on Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Super cool. That's uh, that's it. Small world. And a lot of tours. It does have some scratches and some dangs on it. Yeah, it went out on the road. It did go on the road. <laughs> I, I let his wife know that ahead of time. It's like you're paying for a little history, and it wasn't, you know. It was, no, it's fine. It's not damaged. It's just it's got some. No, it sounds great. It's just you know that that uh, aqua ice flame wrap. Yeah. Is it's pretty sensitive. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what happens when you can't be, uh, you buy a super expensive car. <laughs> it's like can't be rubbing up yeah, on it. And then you look at it funny. It's like ah, I scratched it. Ah, you know. What are you um? What are you playing? We can get a little drum tech nerd because I don't give a shit if anybody's listening anymore. Um, what are you playing? Uh-huh. What are you playing now in the new Stavesacre? Uh, right now I'm playing a, a DW kit. Oh, okay. With uh, a variety of snare drums. Mm-hmm. Got a bunch of different ones. Got a, you know, Yamaha Bell Brass. I've got an old Molasco 13 inch. I've got uh, another DW. Is the Molasco uh, 13 inch the one? One from Risen. Is that the one that matched Chris's kit, or was that another one? No, I never had a, I never had a snare drum that matched that. Okay, kit. all right, got it. Yeah. Um, but I'm in the market. I've talked to a couple people in the past and I just haven't had the dough like there's been a couple people that have totally offered to hook me up but they still you know they gotta still get paid for their their work and their materials and all that stuff right and, uh, but I really what I really like the guy that I really think well there's a couple guys I think that uh, that uh, Anchor makes some beautiful stuff man Anchor? look at that Anchor Anchor drums never heard of them Oh, you go do yourself a favor and look up Anchor Drums and go check them out. Uh, also, uh, Vessel, V-E-S-S-E-L, great stuff. I have a Vessel snare that I really like. Never heard of Vessel. Great stuff. Where the hell have I been? I don't know. <laughs> but I've also been kind of thinking I might want to get like a, a vintage like 70s like Ludwig or a Slingerland or something like that. I don't know. Right on. I just got a new house, and I, I think I need to get another drum kit to go in it. So, oh, is that how that works? <laughs> my wife's I not. I think a fan. so. I think my wife's not a fan of me trying to put a drum set in every room in the house. That pisses her off. But uh, well, not every room, but one ha- for you know, one for home and one for out. <laughs> I have a I have a Rogers holiday kit from the fifties. Um, oh, that's awesome! Dude, it's amazing. What's the wrap on it look like? Oh, uh, oyster pearl. Uh, the 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 oh, standard, yeah. That's dude, cool. It's, uh, hang on. It's that. Yeah, totally, dude. That's cool. Yep. I uh. Where's... That is that gets the Sam West seal of approval right oh, there. I'll take it. There's the badge. Yeah. yeah. I have a yeah, buddy. twelve rack, sixteen floor, twenty kick, and uh. It had the original heads on it from the fifties. I took it to like experts. A little jazz kit. I took it to that the wise awesome, men. Man. I took it to the Rogers wise men, and I showed them the badges inside. Uh-huh. And they were like, "I don't know what year it's from. I think it's a fifty-two, but there's no way to tell because of the way that it's the way that it's written." So I was like, "Okay." So he's like, "That's a really that's a rare kit." I remember being a kid, and um, I was oh, 
17 lying about my age so I could play in the bar and uh, play like Elton John songs and stuff. And this one, the, like the only dude that didn't seem drunk at the bar was like, can I see your drum set? I was like, yeah, go ahead. And um, he started looking around. He's looking through the clear heads. He's looking at the badge inside of it. And he was like, I'll give you $2,000 for that drum set right now to a 17-year-old kid. And I was like, oh, no, I better not. Because if he's offering me two, I bet it's worth four. And he's trying to rip me off. And I never, mm. and I never sold it. I bet that kit's worth a lot of money. I bet it is, too. And uh, I took it home and beat the shit out of it. I came home and played uh, Oops. played Skid Row on it. Put my sticks through the heads. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can break heads. Yeah, heads are all the heads are gone. Just stay sharp. But I still have all the hardware that I got with it. And uh, yeah, I just I just don't want to get rid of it, man. I I don't play it. It's just in, it's in storage and it's inside the house. I won't put it in storage like in the attic because of the temperature. Uh-huh. And my wife's like, I'm so sick of looking I, at this. I thing. haven't uh, always followed this advice, but I was told. And I and I believe this. You should never sell gear. You should always keep the gear. Don't sell drum kits. Just collect them. <laughs> Hasn't always been feasible, but right. you know. Yeah. Ask Chris White about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark's brother. I sold the kit to him too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, but where do you put them? That's my biggest problem. Is trying to figure out like. Right. Yeah, you gotta have room yeah, for them. Yeah, you know. You're going to have like a drum garage. <laughs> a temperature controlled drum garage. Yeah. Humidity sensitive. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in the budget too. What else do we need to cover, Mr. West? Anything else? It's your podcast, brother. I'm, uh, I'm here for you. Oh, all right. So where can people go to look into this? Well, people should go to stavesacre slash win slash... No, just GoBigWin.com. Stavelaker slash GoBigWin. Is it slash? Hang on. I might be giving you bad information. I'll find the link and put it in notes anyway, but it, I still, people like to hear it sometimes. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? It's Stavesacre.GoBigWin.com. That's what it Stavesacre.GoBigWin.com. Mm-hmm. Right on. Dude, that artwork. Ah, oh, that looks so cool with that, that, is that like a sand dollar? You guys have that like that sand dollar thing? A sand dollar. It looks like a your your logo looks it reminds me of a sand dollar. Oh, it's you know, it's our it's we refer to it as our flower. Okay. It's a because Staves Acre is a flower. Right. Got like a uh, so it's got like the Staves Acre flower. That's our flower. Day of the Dead People, thing. Going. It's red. Think that it looks like uh, the the logo for the Empire and the in Star Wars, which it does a little bit. It's I similar. Can see that. Yeah. It wasn't intentionally uh, clipped from that, but uh, yeah, it's just a flower. Got it. The artwork's cool. It's, it's it. that flower kind of mixed it with like a Day of the Dead skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badass. Sort yeah. of a, a man, mandala. Kind of right. Thing. It's uh, Hydro seventy four is the guy that did that. Say it again. And uh, he's very te- Hydro seventy four. He's on Twitter and he's also on Facebook. And he's a really cool artist. Cool. And we're really stoked that he uh, is involved in the project. <clears throat> right on. Cameron West, the horn player. Yeah, and uh, look for his... He's got a video on YouTube. Uh, he's also a piano player, singer-songwriter guy, and he did this uh, video for a song he wrote called Spiders. Okay. 
and uh, it's really good. <laughs> I just wrote piano spiders. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, just, just spiders. <laughs> All right. Cool, brother. I appreciate your time. I think we're done. Yeah, no worries, I man. I hope it's uh, hope it's hope it's good for you. Me too. But I appreciate you being interested, and it's it's cool to talk to you, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you appreciating me. Uh, appreciating talking. <laughs> to you. All right. It's a mutual appreciation society, really. <laughs> All right, we're done here. Something has been said in motion. Tell me what, tell me what this is. What's the name of this? As the story grows. Thank you. <laughs> now press that red button. We love you. Take care. Bye bye.